0: ball hawks podcast here on this wonderful wonderful monday evening on a night when justin tucker is drilling 70 yarders with distance to spare what more could you want you you just had to know tonight was going to be an incredible night Um, we're here chris and i are here sleepy chris looks extra sleepy today new new uh get up early in the morning and and lift heavy things up and put heavy things back down chris is looking a little tired but you you're here and you are on your your journey to great things
1: i am wiped out <laughs> i had a, a journey of a weekend with sick children
0: <laughs> i mean i and, i was uh, i was trying to point out like the positives like hey you're still doing this whole like eat good eat, People, I got a message from our our very full... Well, let's just pretend for a second he didn't do that. I got a message from Christopher over the weekend. This is where he's at in his health journey, people. He took a handful of spinach, and I believe... I didn't actually clarify this, but I'm 99 and 100% certain that you grabbed a raw handful of spinach
1: and just chucked her back yeah took a handful out of the bag and just i didn't even close the bag before i (laughs) ate it Ah. yeah Mm. my wife told me i nadine told me i'm disgusting because she doesn't understand why i do these things you also didn't understand why i do these things no just it's just i don't know it's just the way my brain functions sometimes
0: Yeah, I mean, we did agree on another food thing, which I think is, you know, always important to tell our guests, because usually we don't agree on food things. Um, We both really like spinach cooked in our eggs, which is healthy and delicious, but it's cooked. Like, there's something about raw spinach, especially like just going Popeye style, where you grab a whole handful and just mower down, but.
1: Fun fact, Popeye's actually on my bag of spinach. Is it actually? It's Popeye's brand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Seriously, there's a picture of Popeye on my bag of, on the bag of spinach I bought.
0: You're like, we have two things in common, Popeye. We both like raw spinach, and one of our forearms is bigger than the other. Oh, wait a second.
1: Wrong, wrong show. Wrong show. That will be for tomorrow's show. You did say I was picking heavy things up, <laughs> <laughs> but um, Chris for
0: the win on that one. Um, so anyways, football stuff, we're going to probably do a bit of a a quick hitter here. Um, it's already quarter to nine in the evening on this very snowy, snowy, um, Monday morning. Little fun fact for you. I missed about half of the third quarter today because I was out shoveling snow. (laughs) So there's a little lapse in my, I'll have to go back and watch it, but I, I don't think I missed a whole lot.
1: I didn't have to shovel today. You just. I came home. I, no, I I came home and my wife did it. ease. I was like, I, I I was like, who shoveled the driveway? She's like, I did. She's like, who did you think did it? I was like, the kids across the street. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher,
0: no, no, no.
1: I can probably count, and this isn't a knock against my wife. This is because I don't expect my wife to do these things, and it is something that I fully expect to have to do myself, I think I can count on one hand how many times my wife has shoveled the driveway. And And we've lived in our house for 10 years. uh,
0: I'm going to like refrain from commenting here because I think no matter (laughs) what I say, there's a trap
1: somewhere in there. (laughs) Yeah, no, like I said, that's on, it's not a knock against my wife. It's just, that's something that like, I don't expect my wife to do it when I was growing up, my mom didn't shovel the driveway, that was the boys did it. Yeah. I had two brothers, so it was like, Grab a shovel and get out there and shovel the driveway. Do it, now. um, but yeah, it's just I don't know, it's just something that like I, I told her, I was like, You know, you don't have to do that, right? Like, I was coming home, I was gonna eat dinner and go outside and shovel the driveway, those are just the things that I expect to do.
0: I am man, hear me roar, says Chris Phillips. <laughs> I actually. <laughs> yeah oh yeah. that that spinach is coming uh going going right to your head i guess don't touch my driveway ooh, ooh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice tool man <laughs> reference there thank you uh you know what i think i let you go first last week so uh i'm taking the reins we're also just coming off the ravens big uh monday night victory down in New Orleans uh to take on the saints i
1: actually know a guy that was at that game tonight oh yeah yeah he was in new orleans for a work thing and work was like well, well you're there why don't you go to the football game
0: man sometimes i just wonder am i in the right profession <laughs> i want to get sent away to work and go like oh did you want to just go watch like an nfl football game okay thank you so much appreciate it um Please, sir, can i have some more <laughs> Smalls. We're not camping. (laughs) (laughs) Um, one of the big news coming out or part of the big news coming out of today was the Ravens. We're going to display their shiny new toy in, um, uh, I can only see Justin Houston's name because I just, I want to talk about him so bad. Rokon Smith, uh, Deshaun Jackson, (laughs) Deshaun Jackson, who went out possibly with a hamstring injury. um, they got linebacker Tyus Bowser back on the field today, who is coming off of a ruptured Achilles last year. Sounding like second-round pick David Ajabo is super, super close to coming back. He also had that uh, torn Achilles at his pro day at Michigan. So, you know the defense is starting to roll, and it's a lot of fun to watch like this Ravens defense of old, where they're aggressive, they they hit hard, they they get pressure on the quarterback. Um, they don't give up a lot of points, except for, you know, if you're not tackling at the end of football games. Some Something to think about. You might want to finish plays. Uh, but it, but it's going to be all pretty much good news from me. I, I Every week, I'm kind of waiting for that letdown that, you know, oh, Ravens are up by a bunch in the fourth quarter, and they let down. They've rattled off three straight wins. Say what you want about the opponents they're playing. They are getting wins in the football world, and that is all that counts. So um, the first or one of the first uh, plays of the game in the first series, um, Tyus Bowser just comes flying in it. Andy Dalton, which we absolutely love the Red Rocket uh, now that he's out of the AFC North. Um, And Roquan Smith from the start of the game to the end was just, running with his hair on fire like he was everywhere he is exactly what this defense needed um i don't i don't know the last time we have had a sure tackler like this guy like he is making you know one-handed grabs on camara as he's coming through and he's not letting go like some of these powerful running backs you get a hand you get a couple arms on him and they can still push you back a yard two yards when roquan smith gets his hands on you you are stopped no extra yards. You're not pushing for like that first down. He is a, like I knew he was a tackling machine, but how many bears games have I watched? Not many. Um, so it was a lot of fun really watching him. Uh, especially, you know, he's obviously really good off the ball, but you know, the, that run defense, like Alvin Kamara has been playing really well as, as of late. I have him on my fantasy team. I know that, um, they just allowed nothing, nothing, nothing the whole time. Did you watch this game,
1: by the way? Um, bits and pieces. I, I was uh, with Nadine having the, the kids home sick from school today instead of cooking dinner. I was like, I'll just bring something home. But then, of course, it's like, well, the kids wanted Wendy's. I was like, well, I don't want that. <laughs> and then I, was like, I asked Nadine, I'm like, what do you want? She's like, well, I really want Opa. I'm like, well, okay, I don't want that either. So I went to three different places to pick up dinner tonight. So I didn't get home till like six, <laughs> and then we've made a habit of turning the TV off during dinner because my kids just make a habit mm-hmm. of watching TV when when uh, when it's on. Yeah, no matter what it is. Um, so not really. Um, I did see Justin Houston. Uh, I'm pretty sure he committed murder. He hit Andy Dalton so hard. Um, and then I was going to watch the fourth quarter after putting the kids to bed and, um, sleepy Chris attacked (laughs) and I fell, and I fell asleep on the couch.
0: Lights (laughs)
1: out. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. If you watch the early parts of the game, um, the offense was like, they were marching. We've, we've titled this, the Ravens come marching in fitting, um but it was like it was true marching and i'm not sure if that's all good or if that was you know the play design but um they were kind of setting themselves up in second and long third and long i really wanted to see them make some adjustments early on uh with their first down to to get those second and manageable third and short kind of situations um which you can convert on so um you know that that that'll come a little bit later. Obviously, the first touchdown play call was kind of this fun QB
1: designed
0: looking run. I'm not sure if you saw
1: it. They kind of. I did see it because I was watching uh, SC with Jay Onright and uh, and our boy Luke Wilson, <laughs> and uh, um, that was like the first highlight that they showed was that the the touchdown.
0: Yeah, it was just kind of like a fun play call. I really like, you know, you teams have to respect Lamar. So he gets the snap. He rolls out to the right. The whole team is like shifting with him, and the saints bite so hard. They like bit all in on run. Um, Rookie tight end, Isaiah likely does kind of like this corner route gets over top of the, the first defender. That safety is a little too far away. And Lamar just floats a beautiful pass right over top um, scores, the touchdown, and uh kind of the the they thing uh,
1: likely couldn't have drawn it <laughs> drawn it up any better
0: there's so many there's just so many good puns with his name in his nfl future it, it's that good
1: it was likely the nicest <laughs> touchdown of the game
0: i love it monotone chris strikes again <laughs> it's likely chris will not be excited tonight uh, yeah, well, one of the big things... <laughs> it's
1: likely I could be.
0: <laughs> all right, where's this mute button on this guy? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is going to be the worst recording ever. My apologies, people. Yeah. We're all over the place. This is what happens when spinach and lack of sleep hits you. Um, I don't recommend it. It's likely... <laughs> it's likely- <laughs>
1: I haven't had enough sleep today.
0: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> offensively, time of possession was like the big thing in the first half. Uh, the first touchdown is 11 plays, seven minutes and two seconds. The third touch, or sorry, second touchdown, 13 plays, seven minutes, five seconds. Um, when you're eating up the clock and other teams can't put their offense on the field and you are controlling that time of possession. Um, It's just such a huge advantage for teams. And I know that's been like the knock on this like era of Ravens is like, Oh, well what happens when you go down against teams? But I, I think they've shown finally over the last few years that they can come back against teams. So you mix the ability to come back with the old ability of just controlling the clock, controlling the possessions um, making them play your brand of football. And I think that's a dangerous thing. Um, you are right. Justin Houston was, I think, uh, Troy Aikman, maybe the only intelligent thing he said all broadcast. I think it was him. He said, um, Justin Houston is like the ageless wonder, which is completely true. Um, he was playing absolutely out of his mind. It was so much fun to see. He ended the game with two and a half sacks and that final interception. Um, turns out he he told reporters that he was thinking of retiring this offseason him and his wife went for a little vacation he turned the phone off he did a lot of praying and basically god told him give me your all and uh i will give you what you desire so i think ravens fans are hoping that's a lombardi this year but maybe he's got you know bigger plans other than football to be honest um yeah, the, the one thing I disliked, and this is the only thing I'm going to criticize, there's two things this whole game that I really despised. Last two minutes of the first half, um, Andy Dalton basically marches the ball the entire way down the field. And it was so... just It, it wasn't the defense that had played uh, the first entire half. They were all over Andy Dalton. They were stifling the Saints everywhere. And then it's like... They kind of have this like soft prevent defense all the time. And like, I don't know why they don't just go to like some sort of pressure. Like don't, don't rush five, but at least rush four. Don't have a three man rush and just do like, you know, too high safety with some sort of like cover two, cover the sidelines. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there, but they essentially just concede three points in the last, under two minutes and that's something that can you know come back to bite you later in games it ended up not being as big of a deal but um it, that, that was definitely one of the frustrating points and it looks like we've got our we don't even know who this is it'd be kind of fun to to find out who they are by the the end of season two of the ball hawks podcast but cookies be good is back
1: it's it's likely he likes cookies <laughs>
0: And or or she we don't know,
1: or she. Welcome back, cookies. Be good. We're happy to see. You, happy to have you back. Hope you're enjoying your cookies tonight. Some sort with of milk food. always.
0: With milk, yes, that's a good idea.
1: Always, always.
0: Um, yeah. So getting into the second half, I obviously let you know that uh, I I was being a good good neighbor, good Samaritan. I was not only shoveling my own drive, I was helping my neighbor who's away. Um, you know, being that person that shovels off of the road a little bit and not putting more snow into into the middle of the road. So I missed, you know, the first drive of the Ravens' second half. Turns out they had to settle for three points. They missed a golden opportunity. Um, the, the second half just seemed like the Saints knew they were going to lose the game. Like, they, they were in it, but at no point did I feel like the Ravens were under the gun. Never did I think they were going to get a touchdown. Um, obviously, you, you got to finish plays it. So uh, did you see the the play where Marcus Peters goes to push the guy out of bounds? Does, he kind of tiptoes on the sideline and then Chuck Clark just lets him walk past him.
1: I don't think he was moving, was he? Who's that? Chuck Clark. Like, Wasn't he just standing there and watched him run by? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah.
0: so here's the interesting thing, and I, I would love to be inside some of these, you know, clubhouse meetings to to know what was going on in his mind or what was what what he heard, what he saw. Because um, my wife was watching it beside me, she came down for like the last couple minutes, and she goes, "Why didn't that guy tackle him?" And I go, "Great question," and I'm still scratching my head. And when I'm watching the replay, I'm trying to think like what what went through his brain to not at least follow through on it. And here's my best guess. And I could just be like totally off in left field because of the way the NFL is going, where everything is called a penalty, any sort of excess taunting, celebrating too hard of a hit, um, getting too fired up after a hit. I wonder if, you know, you're very hesitant when you think a guy has gone out If you go and hit that guy on the sideline and the refs had already blown the whistle, like who knows, maybe it's so loud in that superdome. Maybe he felt like the whistle had already went. If you hit that guy on the sideline, there's another 15 yard penalty. Like how many times have we seen a guy get up after getting tackled and he runs like 15, 20 yards just to turn around and go back. Cause he's like, Oh right. I'm down. Now, if you hit that guy, you're going to be the one getting the penalty. That, that's like literally the only thing I can think of that stopped him from at least, you know, going and <laughs> hugging him. Like, hey, man, you can't go into my end zone. I don't
1: know. I was trying to see how sleepy you really were there. <laughs> can't, can't get anything oh, yeah, past Chris. Yeah. You weren't gonna, you weren't gonna <laughs> slip that one by me, man. No way, no way, Jose. Uh, <laughs> you're not allowed in my end zone. It's likely he doesn't like that. <laughs> uh, I, I was dying inside
0: trying to finish that line without, like, you know, the classic, like, you try and say a line and you just, like, your voice flutters because of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it likely that happened?
1: <laughs> How do you come back from that one? My my best guess is it was a garbage time touchdown. Why risk injury? <laughs> business decision. Uh, business decisions. And it's likely he didn't want him in his end zone. <laughs> <laughs> Just when
0: you thought you were going to get the line of the night. No, 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 no. Um, let's see, what else did I have? Um, I, I tweeted out towards the end of the game. Lamar had this run in the fourth quarter where I think it was Cam Jordan might've had him like almost dead to rights behind the line of scrimmage. And I don't care whether you hate the Ravens, whether you think Lamar is a running back or a quarterback, I think people need to like stop for a second and just realize what we are seeing out of this man. It is so incredible to watch him move just with the football, throwing it running with the football. He, he requires such little space. He's so fluid in his movements, but he's so quick. He's so agile. He's so just like, he's got that killer instinct that, If he wants two extra yards, he's getting two extra yards, right? Like he, he gets out of a tackle here, slips the tackle there, spins out of one over here. It's just so much fun to watch this guy with the ball in his hands. He's such an absolute weapon. Um, And then finally, before we uh, get to the Seahawks here, there was one line the ref threw out that basically summed the whole game up at the very end of the game. Saints have the ball, flags go flying, and the ref says, false start, everyone but the center. Like, (laughs) you guys all sucked that bad that we just know the center didn't flinch. You guys all moved. So uh, the Ravens get a big win in New Orleans. They move to six and three. They're on their bye week now. It looks like the only injury... That I could see was Deshaun Jackson was questionable with a hamstring to return. Um, but this is going to give extra time for, you know, Mark Andrews, who didn't make the trip down to New Orleans, Gus Edwards. Maybe we see JK back. Um, they don't play till, I believe it was like the 20th of November, which is, yeah, base, you know, almost a couple weeks. Um, great time to get healthy. They host the Carolina Panthers at home after their bye week. I'm really liking the way this team is shaping up. And for, I I think every single week, our teams have matched each other except for one week or two weeks. Sorry. (laughs) Two weeks. Pretty close
1: here. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hear about the Seahawks win. But wait, I have a question for you. Okay. You didn't address Lamar Jackson and Ronnie Stanley screaming at each other.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, here's the interesting part. Like when you're beating up on a team and you're yelling at each other, I think what that shows is, Hey, we are playing a team that we could be absolutely like just beating down. It should not be even this close. Um, they're not going to be able to get away with certain things in the playoffs against, you know, the chiefs, the bills, The Eagles, if it's you know Super Bowl kind of thing, right? Um, So for me, I I just love seeing that. There's there's players everywhere that are just they want to be excellent, they want to be great. To be great, you can't have stupid penalties, stupid miscues like that. And you see a guy like Lamar, who's his whole career, when something goes wrong, he is not afraid to get fired up about it. Um, But just as quick seemingly, they kind of just let it go. It's like you see him and Ronnie Stanley where he's he's talking, and I think it lasted for like two minutes on the sideline where they're just like talking back and forth. But the whole time you see Ronnie Stanley kind of like patting him on the chest. I think that's more of two great people knowing what it's going to take to get to that next level. Same thing with Marcus Peters, right? You saw him again on the sideline where he's screaming at a coach or – He's like there with John Harbaugh. I, I don't know what was said. I don't make a big deal of it. Um, I think those things usually are bigger deals when your team is, you know, three and six
1: rather than six and three, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah,
0: cool. Yeah.
1: Again, it was, it was one of like the few things that I actually saw of the game tonight. So I, <laughs> I wanted to bring it up. Is everything good in paradise, huh?
0: I'll no. bring
1: that up. Yeah. Opened my eyes for two seconds. I was like, "Hey, what's going on? You're fighting. <laughs> what's the score? You guys are friends, man. You're friends. It's likely <laughs> your friends. Same team. Uh, yeah. The Seahawks took their uh took their you know NFC West leading record into Arizona against the Cardinals this week, which I uh, always hate playing there. That that stadium's a little bit cursed." um you know uh quandary digs got injured there last year bobby wagner got injured there last the amount of seahawks players that have played their last game as a seahawk in that stadium bobby wagner earl thomas cliff averil cam chancellor um i think russell wilson's last game was there too actually really i think so yeah well, who his was his, his was the only one that wasn't Injury, injury related, but yeah, I'm pretty sure his last game was, was in Arizona as well at the end of last season. So Crazy. that's, yeah. Yeah. So always nervous. head I I hate those Cardinals games. I say it every time. <clears throat> They're just the weirdest, like most bizarre, like anything can happen type games. And of course Cardinals fans and like, well, not not like Cardinals fans and like everyone else around the league who is, isn't believing in the Seahawks, like so, well, yeah, sure, like whatever, man. The Seahawks beat them last time, but like they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. So like, man, like they're so screwed this time. It's not even be close, man. Like, child, please with that. Child, so, please. it. Uh, I, I I will say, like, I mean, the the Seahawks started the game uh, with with the ball. They their offense was moving down the field pretty well, and then it stalled. Uh, And they had to settle for an opening drive field goal, which I wasn't necessarily happy about. I would have liked to have, of course, seen an opening drive touchdown. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was nervous about DeAndre Hopkins uh, returning for this game. You just never know. Um, And, uh, of course, the Cardinals, their opening opening drive, they marched down the field. And first drive, touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, crap. Here we go, and it was just for some reason they had, if I'm not mistaken, Hopkins was running across across the middle of the field, and Boye Maffe was covering him. It's like, hmm. like th- this doesn't make sense. Why do you? First of all, he's supposed to be rushing the passer. Second of all. He's not catching DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Come on again. Child, please.
0: Um, bad defensive alignment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then after those first two opening, uh, opening drive scores for, for each team, uh, defense has kind of gotten involved a little bit more. Um, the, the, the first half for the Seahawks, uh, um, frustrated me. They, uh, they were getting a lot of pressure on Kyler Murray, Um, but they couldn't seem to get home. They had zero sacks in the first half, which was surprising. There was a couple where, like, same thing. I thought Kyler was dead to rights, and somehow he, like, I mean, he's probably because he's five foot nothing, but, like, he just, like, (laughs) slipped underneath somebody's legs, I think, probably, and, like, ran upfield and somehow got the first down. Um, The Cardinals also converted a couple third and, like, really like, third and 14, third and 17s in this game. Uh, but in the second half, the the Seahawks uh, defense finally got home. Uh, we ended the game with five sacks, all five coming in the second half. Bruce Irvin again. I, I was I was you know hyping him up last week. He's still playing like he's rejuvenated, twenty five year old, like just rushing the passer. He collected his uh, his first sack of the season. I think it's like his first sack in like two years or something like that. Really? Um, which yeah, yeah, Weird. which is pretty cool to see. Um, Ken Walker uh, put up a very, very quiet 26 carries for 109 yards and a touchdown. No kidding. Like, I thought he had two touchdowns. He might have had two touchdowns. Had two. I feel like, I mean,
0: I have him on my other fantasy football team and like yeah, he had two. He had two.
1: He did have Which, two. Which,
0: you're right. Yeah. It was very quiet. Like how, it, how do it, you get yeah, two just, touchdowns over the century marker and you're not really being talked about in the NFL lore right now. Like this kid is the best runner in football right now. Like I, I will say that.
1: Yeah, but that's only because Breeze Hall got hurt, man.
0: I mean, that's, (laughs) that might not be a lie, which is not, again, that is not a knock on Kenneth Walker. Like the fact that, it might not be a lie does not disparage like what he's been doing. It's just like every week you can guarantee that this kid's going to score every week. You can guarantee that his yards per carry is going to be high and you can guarantee every week that Pete Carroll is going to feed him the ball because of point a and point B. Like if, yeah. if you're good, like
1: feed him the ball. I, the reason I say it was quiet is like, he didn't have any of those, like, super flashy, super electric, like, you know, 20, 30-yard runs. or Like, he was just – it was very quiet, very patient, waiting for his holes to open up, hitting the hole when it was there. Hitting the hole when it, like, he just – he was effective.
0: Yeah. So, he is um, – I think this is before – this must be before Monday Night Football, but he's 15th in the league in rushing yards, which doesn't sound like – wow type numbers um when the, the f- starter
1: till like week five? i was gonna say
0: it was september 18th was it san francisco that was the first game september 18th must have been it so four carries that game three carries the week after that eight carries the week after that um october 9th was when he scored his first touchdown and had 88 yards so he's only really had four Full time games, and his numbers are 97 yards, 168, 51, 109. Um, and he has seven touchdowns in his last five games.
1: Yeah. Like, it that's, wasn't that's uh, yeah, incredible. Penny got hurt in the New Orleans game, which was week five. So he's only been the the, the number one guy for four, four and a half games.
0: Like, if you take and I know like the, it's a small sample size and he's gonna like hit his you know his growing pains in games where he doesn't like explode for almost a hundred yards but even if he's half of what he's shown in these these four games as the full-time starter that's a good running back like a really good running back he's he's playing himself into the converse excuse me conversation of maybe best running back in the league. I, I, I don't see why you can't, like, okay, sure. But if Brees Hall isn't injured, sure. that That's absolutely a, a conversation point. I think Brees Hall catches the ball out of the backfield better than Kenneth Walker. Uh, but if we're just talking like pure runner, I would put him up against Derrick Henry. They have a different skill set, like definitely different running style, different skill set. But I would I would put him up there with, with the Derrick Henrys, the the Christian McCaffreys, because he can do
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Tyler Lockett is infuriating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we we had a lot um, of fun
0: talking about him.
1: Yeah, you were you happened to be watching the game at at that that exact moment, and I think the text <laughs> you you sent me was, "Are you watching this live right now?" <laughs> and I, I replied back something like. That was brutal. Like, I get it. Like, I don't know what's going on with him, like mentally, physically, whatever. Like, clearly, he's doing his best to avoid contact, (laughs) but he flat (laughs) out cost the Seahawks a first down in this game. Like, it was
0: so obvious. It was so
1: obvious. Big picture. big picture it it, it, it doesn't matter big picture but like guys it it doesn't actually matter okay but like those things can't like those (laughs) little things those little things can come back and bite you in the ass yep you know let's let's jump way ahead of ourselves let's talk playoffs playoffs thank you jesus christ that took you way too, too long um and let's say he does something like that in, in in a playoff game well that can cost you the game like, yeah. it's a, like you play to win the game <laughs> um it just it, it, it yeah and i don't i don't know and he he tweeted something today about like you know like all these all these Oh man, it's so funny how like being a professional athlete is like the only profession where people can like critique you just openly and like have no idea what's actually going on or like something along those lines. It's like, well, like, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious what's going, like, you don't want to get hit. That's fine. But like, I don't <laughs> it's know, figure obvious. it out. Yeah. Well, saying that he did get, uh, later on in the game, he got absolutely crushed by zaven Collins. Um, I did see that a bit.
0: Like yeah, bent big third down
1: half. catch. Yeah, well, Col- Collins actually got flagged for defenses uh, receiver. Yeah. So there's another 15 yards on, on top of it. Um and I and you could tell like Lockett, like he's usually pretty quiet, but he got up and he was pointing the first down. Like you could tell he's pretty fired up after yeah. that one. He's probably pointing at all the all the Seahawks fans. The, you know, he was he was somehow reading the, reading the tweets after that that uh, first one that he took a dive on, <laughs> pointed <laughs> to all of us, being like, gee, I can do it. Yeah. I can. I can take those hits. It's like,
0: you didn't so. actually mean to do that one, bud. You had no clue that he was there.
1: Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, Gino was, was again, like, phenomenal. Um, he, he did have a pick six oh. in the game, um, which was, I mean, it's a bad throw combined with a great play. It's like Collins like being able to like tip that up and, and uh, to himself catch it and bring it back for the touchdown. Um, but the most impressive part on that was after Gino threw that pick six, the Seahawks got the ball back. They had a 17 play drive that started on their own 25 yard line. Lasted six and a half minutes and ended with a touchdown to Tyler Lockett. Nice. So, like, it if like if that's how you're gonna respond after throwing a uh, you know potentially backbreaking uh, pick six. I mean, sure, do it. Like, yeah, because I I, I I think that pick six, yeah, that pick six put them down fourteen to ten. And then the touchdown put them back up 17 14 and they didn't look back after that. Because after that drive, the very next possession, they went uh started on their own nineteen yard line. They went eighty one yards in fourteen plays, took six minutes and forty six seconds, and that one ended uh with Kenneth Walker's first touchdown of the game. Holy moly. So now they're up uh what is that, twenty four to fourteen? It's just right?
0: at this time of the year i really feel like and, and we're going into like kind of these winter months and stuff like that you know i talked about it with the ravens but the seahawks are another great example of teams where they just dominate the time of possession they they can run the
1: ball they can hold on to the ball um i time of possession yesterday the seahawks possessed it for almost 10 minutes more <laughs> than, than than the cardinals it's 30 34 and a half minutes to 25 and a half that's so like basically
0: two. getting an extra drive or two in the game against your opponents. Like that's, that's yeah. such a huge advantage.
1: Yeah. Being able to, to just, yeah, have the have those long drives and, and have them ending in points is so important. Like th- that's how you win football games, control, control the clock, control the ball, put some points in, on the board, hopefully more than the other guy. And, uh, and that's a, that's a key, key for success. Agreed. So, and then, uh, of course the Cardinals, they, they, they scored a a late touchdown to try to, you know, give us all, all of us Seahawks fans, a bit of a heart attack and and make us a little bit nervous to make it uh, 24 to 21 Seahawks are getting the ball back. They're looking for that backbreaker, uh, you know, seal the game type of type of drive. And everyone in the stadium, everyone at home was expecting the Seahawks were just going to pound the rock. They're just going to give it to Ken Walker and just let him do his thing. Just pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock and just kill the clock. Well, no, they open up that drive with a swing pass to Noah Fant who turned on the Jets and, busts up the field for a 51 yard reception, longest play of the game. Noah Fant led all Seahawks receivers in receptions or in yards, excuse me, on on Sunday. Um and put the Seahawks in position to ice the game. Cause after that, what did they do? They hammered the ball with Ken Walker, which ended in a five-yard touchdown as Steve mentioned earlier, his second of the game. But that that last drive, they went um started on their own 15 yard line, eight plays, a minute and eighteen seconds, and scored a touchdown. And I don't know if you saw John Schneider's face after Kenneth Walker's uh second touchdown, but he's like laughing on the sideline. And he's got this look on his face like, I can't believe we got this guy in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> like Everyone thought we were so stupid, wasting a premium pick getting this guy. And, like, I think Kenneth Walker and John Schneider and Pete Carroll and Geno Smith and everyone involved with that Seahawks organization are forcing a whole lot of people to eat a whole lot of crow. Um, I mean, the the Seahawks over-under before the season started was five and a half wins. I hope you all hammered the over. That is wild. They're at six, baby. I was talking to a guy at work. Uh, same guy I was talking to last week who asked me if the Seahawks are going to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, and today we were talking. He's like, oh, I saw, this, I saw the Seahawks won yesterday. Like, that's awesome. And like, like I said, he's he's really, really new to football. And, uh, and he's like, do, do you think the Seahawks will make the playoffs? Here? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, it's still like it's only halfway through the year still. Like, <laughs> still a long ways to go. Like, I don't want to jump the gun. He's like, well, like – so how many wins do you think they need to make the playoffs? I was like, and I didn't, I didn't want to say, I was like, how many and haw, I was like, you know, like realistically, to be a wild card team at the bare minimum, probably 10 to 11 wins. So probably four to five more wins just to be a wild card team. And then I looked at last year's um, standings just to, to fact check myself. And the Eagles, who were the bottom wild card team, had nine wins last year. Yeah, I, I know that I was kind
0: far. of like, obviously it's the 17 game expanded season. Um, I remember the 16 game season. It was basically like nine and seven was the goal to get into the playoffs. You win nine game. Like you could still get in. Like you said, eight and eight teams got in. I mean the Seahawks, the beast quake run was their seven and nine team, but nine and seven was kind of like that benchmarker. I feel like, it's still kind of the benchmarker for a wild card team you you would see more division leaders in kind of those really tight divisions where you could you could win a division with 9 and 7 i agree though i think 10 wins gets you a wild card spot 11 now you're starting to talk about divisional winners um but ugh. it looks good though chris it it's so exciting like This is your season of, like, low hopes, right? Like, we're not expecting anything. And and it still sounds like, guess what? We still have almost half a season left to go. Lots of tough opponents. This team is overperforming what we thought. Just enjoy the ride, man. Like, they still have to play. I just pulled the, the schedule up here. Still got to go and play Tom Brady, who, guess what? He's winning football games again. Uh, they have the bye
1: week. That game is in Germany, so there's no home field advantage. Oh, yeah, that's I, th- I true.
0: think that's true. I forgot about that.
1: I think the Seahawks are going to have a bigger advantage as far as like the crowd and the noise and everything else. I think the Seahawks are going to have a bigger advantage in Germany than the Bucs will. You think so? The Seahawks, huh. the Seahawks have a huge following in Germany.
0: Do you know about the Bucs following
1: though? No, but but I know the Seahawks have a huge following <laughs> in Germany.
0: Um, yeah. So they have the Bucks, they have their bye week they have the Raiders, which the Raiders are not playing well, but still a scary team. Like they've got talented weapons. Um, the Rams, they go and and play the Rams again, another talented team underperforming, play the Panthers. They play the Niners. They play the Chiefs. They play the Jets who just took down the bills. And then they end the season against the Rams. Like, out of all of those teams, I'm gonna say the only like give me win is probably the Panthers. But then you're starting to even, even at that, like a, I would I would bet money the Seahawks are gonna win that game. But you have a Panthers team who is is young rebuilding. They're basically the laughing stock of the NFL right now, which is hard to do with with any team owned by Dan Snyder still. Um, and you're gonna have young guys who are trying to play for their jobs. You're gonna have coaches who. <clears throat> are trying to win coaching positions next year. Um, the only way you get those kinds of things is if your coach and GMs see those results on the field. So um, a, a tough lineup for them. Uh, basically the exact opposite of what the Ravens have coming off of their bye week. Um, Luckily
1: for the Seahawks, they have five games at home re- remaining. Right. They had the neutral site game, which I think works in their favor. Um, so, so there's a couple things that, you know, definitely some, some, some difficult games and some, some very, very talented teams. Of course, those Rams games, like I, I said, uh, I think last week, or the week before Sean McVay's Pete Carroll's kryptonite for some reason. Um, 49ers. I mean, of course they are, I mean, it's hard, not hard to say they're not one of the best teams in the league. Um, defensively, offensively, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo sucks, but they're they're winning in spite of him i would say um so, so
0: th- that offense plays better with jimmy garoppolo like i don't know what it is he's he's like the geno smith they because don't they don't need
1: him... someone to do too much well they just it, need that's him what to...
0: i made the comparison like he's basically yeah. like um you know a gq version of of geno smith like he's stay in your lane stay in your lane don't try to throw a ball when you
1: can't throw a ball um yeah to repeat carol said today no said uh something along the lines of like yeah like gino's been like running shane's offense really well like we, we have him wearing a uh a, 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 a wrist band um like he's, i think he's got the like the play calls on his wrist type thing he's like he, we got him wearing one of those this year which like we've never done that before because there was resistance to that in the past we've never been able to do that in the past this so like,
0: so russ wouldn't wear a, a band
1: Yeah, and and, and, Tom Brady has worn it his whole career, but
0: I can't do it.
1: Yeah. Well, and like also like said when when also on to say that like, you know, like Shane's calling the plays and Gino's not quite Gino's just running the plays that Shane's calling, which is getting us up to the line with more time left on the play clock, so we can check out a plays and and make make adjustments at at the line of scrimmage if we have to. Like just I mean, praising Gino, but like lowbrow dumping on, on Russ a little bit as well, right? You gotta love it. You gotta love those little Uh, yes and yes and no. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't want to see the Broncos do well this year because we do have that first round draft pick. But like we were talking about a couple weeks ago, there's something I think you know mentally going on with Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, Obviously, physically, he's he's dealing with some injuries as well. But I think mentally, he's just struggling right now. Um, Which, don't get me wrong, I, I. I understand that some of that is his own doing, um, especially if you know what Marshawn said is true—that you know, if you want to get through to Russ, you got to go through his agent or whatever. But, um, <laughs> but still, I just—I you, you don't like to see it. No. But six and three, baby. Six Let's go! What
0: a time to be alive to be watching have
1: football. As many wins as the Rams and Cardinals have combined. <laughs>
0: Uh, we're going to have to timestamp that in case something catastrophically goes wrong in the season and um, our our C- or our 49ers and Rams fans who listen to the show are going to have some hordes for you Christopher G. Phillips bring it bring it, bring it. Um, like we said guys quick hitter today we're both pretty tired um, any last words before we check out
1: no, I think I, I think I got it all out. I think I got it all out. Um, <laughs> the rookies, the rookies were phenomenal again this week. Shout out to the rookies. Everyone is. Uh, I think it was Baldinger recently. It was like this is the greatest draft class of all time, like all time.
0: Well, we'll see in a few years. I I, I get the sentiments. Like the the rookies are yeah. playing out of their minds.
1: Like the early re- the early returns on yes. this draft class it can it, it is unmatched yeah um, to have like I, I can't remember the exact numbers but I, I saw something um, earlier or late last week. it was like uh, snaps taken by rookies and the Seahawks were like over a <laughs> thousand. and I think the next coach was like 400. Crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it would be
0: it would be really interesting to go through all of the Super Bowl teams since like 1960 or whenever the merger was and figure out the average amount of snaps that rookies take in those championship teams. And then maybe even compare that to like when the salary cap became a thing, because I really feel like in order to put your team over that next little bit to win a Super Bowl you need those kind of like low contract rookies to be making big impacts. And I I don't know if we've ever seen a, a, you know, a rookie draft class come in and just dominate and, and just exceed expectations like insurmountably as we have with the Seahawks draft class. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Like they're
1: just con- contributing all over the field. Yeah.
0: it It's been really fun. Like, you know this is our our second especially year actually in
1: the end zone <laughs> yeah.
0: this is our second year doing this and uh, i will admit last year i i did not watch my fair share of seahawks games and i thought this year you know what if i can have a few extra minutes i'm going to try and watch more seahawks games and man it's been fun especially those two rookie corners that's where I, that's where i'm going to leave it at they oh. are, they are so
1: much fun to watch um, I, man like as as much as like I love Tariq Woolen and like as as good as he's playing, man, I there's some about Kobe Bryant that I just he's got that dog in him and it just like <laughs> I love Kobe Bryant. I I think part of it too is that like I, I really wanted the Seahawks to get Kobe Bryant. He he was the kind of the the more known asset than than Tariq was um going into the draft weekend and even after the draft week. Um so I, I really wanted them to get Kobe, and I was super pumped when when they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't be. I, I, I told uh, I told told Nadine on uh, on Sunday when I was freaking out watching the game. I was like, we need to drive to Seattle. I was like, I need to get like four New Jerseys. She's like, part of me four. I was like, I need a Tariq Wallin jersey. I need a Kobe Bryant jersey. I need a Kenneth Walker jersey and of course I need Uncle Will Disley.
0: <laughs> of course you would get Uncle Will.
1: Yeah. And then she told me I have to buy my son one too then. Well, guess we're buying five jerseys. <laughs> yes, he's getting that DK Metcalf jersey. Of course I just I just bought Olivia a new jersey last year. Nice. And I gave her the choice Russ or DK. She chose Ross. It's okay. It's okay. She Good never wears it anyways. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Ball Hawks podcast. We really appreciate you guys supporting us. Uh, of course, go subscribe wherever you can. Uh, leave us a rating and a review. Don't forget to hit us up over on Twitter. Give us a follow at BallHawks underscore pod. Follow Steve for all your Ravens, uh, Canucks, and other random oddities that you may see on Twitter at SS Fisher, I might have a thing or two thing or two to say over there as well at Phillips, Chris 12. And as always, guys, we'll talk to you next week and go Hawks. Peace. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at BroadcastDialogue.com or your favourite podcast app.
0: Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon.